Today we'll finish up the parable of the Good Shepherd in John 10 on this edition of Bible Study Podcast. Hello again and welcome to this edition of Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm glad to be here with you today. Welcome to those who are listening for the first time to this program. For those of you who are returning, thanks again for your support. We've been venturing through John's Gospel on this podcast and have gotten all the way to John 10, verse 16. Now if you'd like to get a hold of me for anything, whether it's for questions, for comments, prayer requests, wherever I may be of use to you and may be able to help you, please feel free to contact me at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com. Now, with that being said, I'd like to encourage you to grab your Bibles, if you can, and flip to John chapter 10. Let's begin our study today with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to meet together once again to hear your words that you have given us. You have spoken all that is into creation, including our very lives. So, Lord, we praise you for allowing us to hear the word you have revealed to us, for allowing us to be in relationship with the true word, your son Jesus. May we never forget your passion for us, and may we return your love for us with a passion to seek after you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now as we open our time of study today, I'd like to ask you a question, and then I'd like to kind of remind you of the setting of our passage that we'll cover today in John 10. First, I'd like to ask you, Who are God's people? Really, have you ever thought about it? Who are the people of God? Is it something that's based on race? Is it an ethnicity kind of thing? Could it be based on where you were born or who your parents are? What is it that makes one part of the people of God? Now this may sound a bit strange and sound much like a strange question to you, but this is exactly what we'll be covering in today's passage. As we've seen the past few podcasts in this great parable of the great shepherd, there are some people who are the true sheep of the shepherd, there are some who are the hired hands of the shepherds, and there are some who are thieves and robbers. But all who are represented by these figures are people. In fact, all of the people that are directly referred to in this immediate context are Jewish. So what is it that determines whether you are a sheep or a thief? That is what determines if you're a part of the people of God, the sheep, or if you're not. Well, Jesus is going to help us clarify this a bit at the beginning of our passage today. So we'll be starting in John 10, verse 14, and reading all the way through verse 18. But as we begin, I would like to remind you briefly of the setting that this is taking place in. Remember that going back to the end of chapter 9, John has taken us to the outer courts of the temple, where... The blind man who was healed has been expelled from the temple. And it is here that Jesus finds a man, and in his conversation with him, he is interrupted by a number of the Pharisees. We don't know how many, but we know they ask whether they too are blind. Now Jesus' answer, as you may remember, begins by telling the Pharisees that it's because they don't admit their sins that their sin remains. But then he continues into this very parable in chapter 10. So the audience which is receiving this parable is a predominantly Jewish crowd in the midst of the temple compound. 
This is very important because the Jews have taken to the belief that the Messiah to come was coming in order to save Israel. They are God's chosen people after all. And although Jesus has already questioned the Jewish leader's allegiance to the ways of Abraham back in chapter 8, there's no doubt that these are the blood relatives of Abraham. These are the physical descendants of the Jewish patriarchs. They, after all, in their minds, must be part of the people of God. So with that in mind, let's read John 10, verse 14 through 18. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Now we started back where we covered last week about the intimate relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. How it's in the same nature as the relationship between the Father and Jesus. Further, remember that we talked about the fact that Jesus loves his sheep so much that he lays down his life for them. But now we're seeing something new here in verse 16. Jesus says that he has other sheep which are not of this fold and that he must bring them in also and they will hear his voice. But if the sheep are the people of God, then who are the people of God? After all, if there are sheep outside of this fold, presumably the Jewish fold, then who are they? And what qualifies them to be sheep? Well, Jesus tells us right away that there are in the flock for the same reason the previously mentioned sheep are in the flock. They hear the voice of the shepherd and they follow him. In fact, the result is that they hear the voice of Jesus and follow him to form one flock with he, the true shepherd, as their only leader. So who are these sheep? I think Jesus is trying to remind the Jews the same message that God has been telling them throughout the Old Testament. You, the Jews, are not God's people because you are special. It's not because you're different. Not because you're even skilled in a certain way. No. You're God's people because you were chosen to be the vessel to display God's glory to the nations. Remember with me back to Genesis 12 where God first spoke to Abraham in Scripture, telling him that he would make Abraham a great nation. He would bless him. He would make his name great. But did you notice the last line in chapter 12, verse 3, which reads, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. You see, throughout the Old Testament, the Hebrew nation was told that there would be others who would come into the flock. That their role was to be a witness. That's why they were to be a pure nation. They were to represent the true God. For you see, the true God was not just the God of the Jews. No, he was the God of all. In fact, the thought of others being involved in salvation should not even be a surprise to the people. In Isaiah 56, God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, we're told there, will gather others to himself. These others are the nations of the world. They're the Gentiles. Now, imagine the furor that undoubtedly was released by those who understood what Jesus was saying. Not only would God call the Jews, but also the unclean Gentiles. Now, as one who's not a Jew, 
This is a cause of great praise and thankfulness. How excited we should be to read this passage, to see that just because we aren't Jewish, it doesn't mean we can't be a part of the flock of Christ Jesus. But Jesus does not get bogged down on this thought either. He doesn't stay here and focus on why he'll bring other people in. No, instead he continues with the real reason for our zeal. Why does it matter? Because in verse 17 and 18, Jesus tells us that he lays down his life so that he may take it up again. Further, no one takes his life, but he lays it down on his own initiative and has the power to take it up again. This is why the Father loves him. Because he follows the commands of the Father willingly. Now think about the power of this statement. When we think about the crucifixion, we do think of the horror, the pain, the suffering that one goes through in that process. But remember now, Jesus did it by choice. He had the power not to go through it. Why then would anyone choose to go through such punishment for sins he did not commit? The reason why is because he loves his sheep. It's out of God's love for his lost sheep that he would send Jesus to die. Such a cruel, horrible way. But notice what Jesus says here. He has the power to lay down his life. And he has the power to take it up. Now why is this significant? Why does this matter? Well, it's because only God can control life. God is the only being who can give life, and He's the only one who can truly take life. Jesus, as God, has authority over life and death. In other words, Jesus is telling the Pharisees here that it's because He is God that He can truly save the sheep. See, because it's because of His divinity that He's able to control life and death. That is why He can lay down His life and take it up again. But it's because of His humanity that he can die. It's because of his humanity that he can come and reside with his sheep. It's because of his death that his blood may be the covering for our sins. What a glorious truth to those who would believe in him. Because friends, we're saved by his choice to reach out in love to us who are dying in sin. Praise God. So as we close the passage out today, we, we'll see once again a division occurring among the Jews as to the identity of Jesus here in verse 19. We see that followed by the usual bickering in verses 20 and 21. You know, is Jesus demon-possessed? You know, what's the deal? Is he, is he possessed? Is he crazy? And then we see, of course, the other option. Is he truly who he says he is? Only God could heal blind people. Only God can control life and death. Who is this Jesus? And in fact, friends, that's the question we're faced with even today. And as we close today, I'd just like to remind you that it was not just for the Jews that Jesus came, as we've seen today. No, the Christ has come so that all may come unto him and believe. You see, that's the answer to the question we asked earlier. Who are the people of God? It is those who would realize that they are in sin and their only hope is to look to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If that's a step you need to take today, please get a hold of a Christian around you. Please ask them how you can know Jesus today. 
And finally, as we close, I, I want to remind you of what we've learned here today. The gospel is for all nations. There are lost sheep all over this world. We don't know who they are. We may never know who they are till we get to heaven. But friends, that's not the important part. The important part is that Jesus laid down his life for them. And so as those who follow Christ, we should echo his nature. We should respond by telling others about him. By letting them know, hey, he laid down his life for you. Well, friends, that's all for today, but until we meet again, may God bless and keep you.
This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcasts.org, a para-ministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a non-profit, listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right-hand side. You can make a tax-deductible donation from there. By doing so, you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who, just like yourself, desire to find answers and meaning in Scripture. We thank you for listening today, and we pray that the Lord blesses you and draws you closer to Him. Keep growing closer to Jesus.